0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Kente Corner, episode 39. We are fast approaching my age. I am Bobby Bancroft, and I'm here with Andrew Geiger At Casual Hoya, you might know him better. Um, Andrew, you haven't been on for at least one episode, so the people don't know about sports and pain.
1: Again, sports is pain. Sports is pain. (laughs) I've warned everyone on here since episode one of this podcast that sports is pain. Nothing has changed over the course of the season. We've had fleeting moments of joy, but once again, sports has reminded us a pain. Uh, to be honest, I haven't been on here, not so much because um, I've been avoiding you, but rather <laughs> I haven't had much, much feeling. Uh, I've really been numb uh, pretty much since the DePaul game, um, you know, for a variety of reasons. Uh, you know, the losses are one thing. Yeah. Um, I think For me, though, what's been really frustrating, I I think the Xavier game is is a perfect perfect encapsulation, encapsulation of the season. I mean, if I told you before the season started that we'd be playing in our penultimate home game without your seven, McClung, Akinjo, and LeBlanc, you'd have been like, you're totally insane. And then what if I told you that we'd be playing without all those guys yet had a chance to win that game in the last minute? You know, that's... That's been Georgetown season. And I think it's just so deflating that here we are with two games left. We're not
0: going to make the NIT. Okay, so I do have an outline for today and you've kind of touched on like five of the topics, which is good. (laughs) So that means you're prepared and you're ready. So For those of you that are living under a rock, Georgetown lost their fourth game in a row after pretty much being on everyone's right side of the bubble. They lost to Xavier. Another season sweep to the Musketeers, 66-63 yesterday. Um, Javon Blair had 18 points. And I know in the grand scheme of things, it's it's not going to matter. And I, I posted it yesterday. Javon Blair, like in the middle of the second half, made a very similar, I guess it's like the James Harden gather or whatever the kids are doing these days. It was called a travel, and then um, Marshall's game winner was kind of the same exact shot. I kind of think they are both travels, and I think Patrick Ewing, after the game, his sort of point was it's the same thing. Why did one count, one didn't? And he said, you know, I'm not going to cry over spilled milk, and, you know, I get it with the way things are going. It's kind of, you know, oh, it's just another thing that didn't work out. But did, did you think they were both the same kind of shot? Do you think they are both a travel? you think they were both good? What's
1: your take? I think you preface this. At the beginning of your your comment, when you said it probably doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. But,
0: it doesn't I mean, matter. We're just gonna talk about the okay, game for okay, one okay,
1: second.
0: Uh, uh, That's like the one thing. Uh, okay,
1: okay. <laughs> Honestly, and looking at both again, I did kind of think that Blair shuffled his feet a little bit more than like okay. right before he, he shot it than, than Marshall did. wasn't just okay. like a wasn't just like a pure step back. He kind of like dragged his foot like he tends to do. I, again. <laughs> <laughs> that isn't making or breaking Georgetown's season that isn't making or breaking, um, you know, our, our post lives here. Uh, okay. It's just, it's just, it's just also deflating. I, I think, you know, the one thing and perhaps this is in your outline as well that we can all be proud of is, is Mosley's play this season. Oh, yeah. But then again, it's, <laughs> it's disheartening that he's not going to be with us next season. So, I mean, everything <laughs> has really just gone to shit.
0: Things haven't been great, um, and I know you just mentioned um, when you t- touch on a lot of things about the lineups that Georgetown was using. Oddly enough, and this is the last actual game stuff that we can talk about because this game, you know, it's just another game and a running out of the string kind of season. Believe it or not, I really felt like Jaden Robinson and George Mirason added something. Now, obviously, the stat sheet—they're they're both plus seven. I'm not reading a lot into that because the minutes weren't high, but when, you know, you're, you know, Allen and Blair and Mosley are basically never coming out. I thought that they actually provided something in the first half and a little bit surprised that they didn't play again. I know it's March 2nd and I'm talking about the fact that Jaden Robinson and George Mirosol maybe didn't play enough, but I think that's an actual, it's an actual basketball point to make. And that, that's sort of my last point. I don't know if you want to expand on that, or if you want to tell me I'm an idiot or you want to agree some, something in the middle.
1: No, I'll agree. I think to
0: all of their credit, um, they're giving
1: 110% on the floor and they're doing, they're, they're doing exactly what they're supposed to do, which is leave it all out there and play to their highest ability when they're on the floor. I no. wish I could say the same for others. I don't know what's wrong with your seven, right? I mean, there was a picture of the, the, <laughs> McClung's wearing a boot, uh, whoever else is wearing a boot. And you' Malcolm Wilson there. yeah, oh yeah Malcolm Wilson, who broke his leg all of a sudden, like that came out of the blue, um <laughs> and your seven sitting there looking just fine and dandy, I mean, get on the fucking floor, man, like i on, honestly <laughs> the fan base was so angry at 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 Jesse last season for being perceived as you know i guess somewhat soft, your seven blows Jesse out of the water in that category, i mean i I don't know what's wrong with your seven. Maybe he's got something serious, but, and of course, it's not like Georgetown's provided us with any information. Um, but for him not to play with Georgetown's season on the line this past week, uh, it's just really embarrassing for him. And so, if he has any designs, designs on playing the NBA, they're gone. You know, he's destined to be a mid level European finesse player for the rest of his career.
0: Um, so, a couple things there. So, and oddly enough, um, Jesse Govan, there's a retweet on my, on my tweet deck for the, I've got a couple columns. Hoyas is one of them, as you might guess, Georgetown's the other one. Um, So he's actually right there, him and Malinowski. I think Jesse was perceived as soft because, you know, he was like a big that liked to shoot a lot of threes and he happened to be their best three point shooter last year. And the defense, which did not improve after he left, of course, we'll never really know what would have happened if everyone stays and blah, blah, blah. But I think that a lot of the blame of the defensive problems went on Jesse. So I think that's kind of where the whole the whole soft thing. Um, Yurt7 sure. definitely more of a finesse player than I think was advertised. And I don't watch a whole lot of NC State or ACC kind of know what was coming in. Um, as far as yurt seven status... I asked the only question I asked Ewing after the game, because I think that's kind of the only interesting thing is what's up with, you know, McClung and, and your seven, is there any update you, you, you plan to have them at any point? And of course, you know, he didn't really say, but he did say it differently. Instead of saying he's choosing not to play. He said when, you know, when he's cleared, he'll play. So, I mean, that kind of contradicts what he had said previously. So, I mean, who knows if, you know, if you have Malcolm Wilson breaking his foot in practice, is it possible your seven was practicing and hurt himself? We have no idea.
1: Yeah, I mean, and again, because we have no idea, all we can do is speculate. And because I don't see him wearing any sort of protective gear on his leg or whatever else might be ailing him, um, I don't see any reason why he can't attempt to play. Now, you're right. If Ewing is phrasing that differently, I did think it was interesting when Ewing was saying, you know, it's his choice. Right. Maybe he caught some flack for that. And now he's chosen to phrase things differently. I don't know. Um, but again, it's just frustrating because you feel like this team, if your seven were to play, this Xavier outcome is different, right? You feel like they have a chance against like it, the Paul. The team is not so far dead that yeah. every game is, is just written off. Your seven plays to his capability and you can win these games. And now it's almost too late.
0: Well, it's definitely too late to get an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament. We agree on that. Um, After the game, Ben Standig made his Capital One Georgetown um, appearance after diligently covering all things Redskins. And I was talking to him a little bit afterwards. I tried to get him on here, but he's too busy. So we'll get him next time. But um, one of the things I was saying is... He's very very busy. Yes, very, very busy. But he's still still hanging in there on Georgetown Twitter updates. So he hasn't completely fallen away. But... That being said, we had a conversation in the hallway after Ewing's press conference, and um, I said, obviously, you would, you know, a healthy McClung helps this team. Like, there's no doubt about it, right? Like, you have a healthy McClung, no one, you know, you have another person to create, to get people open, all that kind of stuff, and he can score. But if you literally just add your seven, I think that they become interesting in the Big East tournament. You can win a game, and then maybe you give Seton Hall a half a game, and then if you got 20 minutes to try and pull an upset right like with year at seven I do think that that's still possible maybe I'm just wearing the Georgetown glasses and I don't think so um I think that he provides enough and there's just there's something else to game plan and if you can pass out of the post and all those things so yes it is it is frustrating that he's not playing I would think without knowing anything I was pretty sure McClung was done for the season I think you'll see your seven shoot, suit up in the uh, biggest tournament. It's my that's my not knowing anything, just gut feeling.
1: I would hope so, if only for him, because right now he's kind of going out as far as his George Chan career goes, on like the opposite trajectory of of Mosley. You know, I mean Mosley, this whole heart of a lion thing. Um, yeah, we, we can talk about this. This, you know, apparently he's meeting this girl who had the heart of a lion, which which is great. Sorry, um, it's okay. It's okay. but. You know, what's your seven? Tin Man? What would the
0: opposite of the, the heart of the lion? Yeah, it's <laughs> not, definitely not, yeah. I mean, there's so many things. At the end of the year, we can rank like what was more surprising: the fact that you know of the guys that transferred in. Basically, we assumed for one year. I don't think many people thought in the beginning of the year that your seven was going to stick around for both of his years of eligibility. And I think the way that the season's ending, it's hard to imagine him coming back. But if you had said, "Hey, who's going to leave?" the more you know, revered one one and done for Georgetown, Terrell Allen or O'Meara York 7. Like, how many people would have said Terrell Allen, right? But he's definitely going to go out as, man, that kid gave it everything he could for his, you know, his last year, and, you know, it's looking like it might not be enough, right? Uh, absolutely. I mean, if if I had the choice to,
1: you know, bounce picket for next year and get one of those two back, I would.
0: That's not on my outline, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> but um but yeah so uh, okay so we know where they are yeah they're looking like I I know that you mentioned it and I know that I think in my preview I wrote it incorrectly and I know I think I I posted to you so used to be that you had to be 500 to make the NIT that's not a rule anymore but an under 500 team has not gotten an in that large bid so you know, when you look at their 15 and 14, they probably do have to win another game, assuming that, you know, they have enough people to compete in the NIT. Um, that's the Xavier game was looking like the game where you're like, look, they got to just suck it up and just beat. And they all they almost did. But it's looking like like no postseason. I think so. I mean, you're right. If they win Xavier, then we're in the NIT. I mean, even if they lose yeah, they get 15? to they get to sixteen and thirteen. They could they they could uh, lose out and be sixteen and sixteen with the biggest um, tournament game in there. Right, and so now
1: it's it's basically impossible. We're we're not beating Creighton, especially after they just got smashed at St. John's. Uh, not going to be Villanova at home unless Villanova lays o- uh, you know rolls over, which is possible. Um, still got to go out and beat
0: St. John's in the biggest tournament, and then. Then where are we? I mean, are we? Well, if if you lose your next two games, you end up 15 and 16, which means to get to 500, you have to go to the Big East tournament and go two and one, which means you got to get to the semis.
1: Yeah, not happening. Not unless, you know, your seven plays or... Right. Even if you right. don't play, it's just, it's just not happening. And so maybe maybe we get that invite to the NIT just because we are Georgetown, um, yeah, even if we're sub 500, but I, I don't know. And I doubt we're going to, pay to play in any one of these other tournaments
0: no No, i don't think um, i don't think a big east actually no i take that back wasn't DePaul in the cbi final last year you could be right i just i just don't see georgetown paying to advance a season like this no um so the last time we did get a chance to talk we looked at the standings or we looked at the schedule and i'd put creighton down as the look there's four games left you're absolutely not winning in omaha and as St. John's was just dismantling them at Carneseca Arena, I couldn't help but think of how stupid that comment was, um, <laughs> because it's college basketball—you never know what's going to happen. But correct me if I'm wrong. Does it seem—it seems likely that after going four for 26 from three, that Creighton's not going to duplicate that. I think if that—if Georgetown holds them to four for 26 from three, I think Georgetown can go into Omaha and win. Right? It just seems like I they're going
1: gonna... to. I, I think Creighton's more likely to go 24 from
0: 26 from three. <laughs> Well, that that might be some sort of record, but um, I'm sure there's I, no science I, it, behind it. But it 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 does seem worse. The, my first thought about seeing the final score was that's bad news for Georgetown, right?
1: Absolutely. I mean, the last thing you want to play is a is a team that just had a wake up call, and so Creighton <laughs> just had it, um, and here comes Georgetown. I think it's going to be very similar to the Marquette game, where you know where we're down by. 20 at the half, and it just kind of playing out the string the rest of the way.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. So would this be a good time to transition to a good segment, a positive segment? Sure. Does one exist? It does. So Jagan Mosley, who is, I think he's in, he's in the top 15 now of assists of all time. He's based, I mean, Mi- Mirison's also a four-year senior, but you know, he's of the walk on variety despite the notary. you know, besides his, his dad being famous and all, all that stuff. Um, Jagan's kind of the last link to the JT three past. He kind of bridges, you know. The you know he's he was one of the kids that was caught in the middle, and he's the last one remaining. Um, he's played as well as anyone could hope, and he's you know it's too bad that it's probably not going to end well from a team standpoint. But just watching him go out there and compete, he does have the heart of a lion. And on social media, he doesn't post a whole lot of stuff like that. But he got into a thing about trying to find. There was a young girl and her family that, you know, had some signs and he did a pretty cool thing. I know that you helped, I helped. Can you talk about what you you know about the situation?
1: Yeah. I mean, basically in the crowd at the Xavier game was a young girl who held up a sign that said, you know, Jagan Mosley heart of a lion had a cute little illustration um, with a lion head on it. Um, A girl who snaps pictures uh took a picture of it and kind of posted it on social media mosley saw it and tweeted out as you mentioned that you know he wanted to be able to meet the family of the girl and perhaps um you know meet up with them before the final home game on saturday and so pretty much every account affiliated with the school except for the school of course um decided to try to see what they could do to make that happen and around well today this afternoon I found out that, yes, the, the a coworker of, I guess, the mom of the girl saw it on the Internet and yeah. they've been united. And uh, Mosley has been in touch with the family and there will be some sort of pregame meeting between the girl and Jagan before the uh, well during warmups before the Villanova game on Saturday.
0: Yeah, that's definitely a really cool story to come out of there. Yeah. Um so I did notice, I remember in the beginning of the year, one of the first, well, not in the beginning, but when the schedule comes out, one of the first things I look for, because attendance hasn't been good the last couple of years, is how many games, how many Big East games do the students miss when the season starts? Because they're on their, you know, it's in between semesters. And then is there a game or two that the students miss for spring break? Which is, you know, obviously it's always going to be senior day. So they honored, you know, the people in the band and I think some cheerleaders or like some pep squad or something. And I was like, oh, that's right. The Villanova game falls, I think, I think maybe Georgetown closes on Friday. So it is going to be senior day. They're going to, you know, obviously honor Mosley is going to be the biggest deal. Allen, Mirasan. I don't know what they're going to do with your seven, probably honor him. I know they honored like Aaron Bowen and he ended up coming Mm -hmm. back. So that does happen. Like you can be a senior and then you come back and you do it again. So it's going to be a big game. I think it's a really cool story that came out of social media and one thing that I was thinking, um, I think Ewing does a good job post game uh, for the most part. I think he does a good job, but not that he's going to give out all these you know industry secrets or whatever. But I think that he, I think that he speaks his mind pretty well. What they've been doing pretty consistently. And it, it happened during JT three as well. I don't have charted or whatever, but generally when they lose, they don't bring out players. And when it, when they ended up losing, I was like, you know. I feel like if you bring out Jagan and, you know, Allen, I think that, you know, it gets one, you know, it's, it's, it might be one of the last times they get to talk to the media, right? Or they get their quotes out there and Mm -hmm. people get to hear what they're saying. So they didn't bring anyone out. It was just Ewing. And I, so that's why I thought the Jagan Mosley. So before Mosley tweeted about trying to find the girl with the sign, he tweeted something, you know, like he tweeted like inspirational thing. Like, Hey, look, season's not over. We're not giving up. And when you watch him play, you can definitely tell that that's where his mind is, where it should be. Um, but I thought it was cool that he, he expressed himself on Twitter because we didn't get a chance to hear from him. Um, that's just kind of my yeah, thoughts they, on,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple things. Uh, first the, um, just so everyone knows at Saxa is, uh, the girl I was referring to who takes pictures while at the game. I believe that's her handle on both uh, Twitter and Instagram. She takes like the best pictures of in-game action of, of anyone I've ever seen. So at Saxa Uh, Second, with regard to uh, Mosley's tweet, it's been interesting that under the the Ewing era as opposed to the JT3 era, there's almost been like a lockdown on social media. Like you don't see a lot of the players tweeting stuff or as much as they did or with what frequency they did towards the end of the JT3 era. Um, So, yeah, you're right. To see Mosley come out and and do that um, was kind of neat. It also shows – I'm not going to say his frustration, but sort of his – I don't know. He puts so much effort into the season that, you know, he almost has to throw that out there. You know, Um, he's only got one home game left. Um, Yeah. It's tough. You know, (laughs) if there was a way that we could find, you know, we found the girl with the sign, if we could somehow find a way to get him a fifth year of eligibility, (laughs) I think everyone would sign up for that uh, perhaps including Jagen.
0: Yeah, I think he would. I also think that he's probably put his body through everything that it can go through. I know that he's had, mm-hmm. you know, he's had a bunch of shoulder issues. Um, I'm not sure if he's had any other issues, but I think that, you know, he's he's kind of he's kind of laid it all out there um, in the last preview. Is there is, is, there, is there a uh, a stat for like most
1: minutes in college basketball? I'm sure there is. Um, I would think he has to be right up there.
0: Yeah, both him and uh, Javon Blair have played four 40 minute games this year. Um, Crazy, yeah. Well, even crazier. So, like, if you go, you know, if there's, you know, if you go to like stat sites and they have a player's average and then they have like their forty minute average, obviously the right. forty minute average usually is like much greater than their than their actual average, <laughs> and there's <laughs> not right. that great of a difference because these guys are playing the whole game. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, and to
1: think to think at the beginning of the season, you know, we were wondering what role either of those two would have right like how many minutes could they possibly carve you know carve into the rotation for either of them and they're playing 40 minutes a night for forever crazy
0: probably the only thing i've really hit on this year was that i knew blair would be extremely useful i just thought it would be in a 15 minute you know outing off the bench as a sharpshooter um I was you know the original inhabitant on Blair Island I did not know that he would have games where he has to shoot it like 20 times not something that I saw so I'm not some I'm not some you know superhero uh, genius but I definitely felt that there was going to be a role and I remember when after leaving Georgetown Media Day for you know for like before the season started thinking man like you know that's kind of a gutsy move for Allen to transfer here you know because like you know Kinjo going to play a ton of minutes and you've got Mosley, who's a senior, that knows what he's doing. You know, Blair is going to be counted on to make shots. Like, this guy came here for his fifth year. Like, you know, playing time was not a given for him. And, you know, now, of course, he plays 40 minutes a game. Yeah, I think Allen's lasting
1: contribution could ultimately be, uh, you know, well past when he's gone because Ewing can use uh, how he used Terrell Allen and all the minutes and stats that, that Allen generated to attract. Future grad transfers uh, and whatnot moving forward because uh, obviously we're going to need a, a veteran point guard for for next season. Oh yeah, uh, the fact that Terrell Allen was 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 able to contribute so much um, and play so much is obviously going to be attractive to to anyone who is looking to move for a fifth year.
0: Oh yeah, I mean I haven't had the time to figure out and i know that there's some people that are already sort of i think there's a kid from the ivy league that everyone's sort of foaming at the mouth at i think i think he's related to jim barry um i'm gonna you know one of the georgetown greats from back in the day um i don't have the list of grad transfers that are going to be available and i think it's sort of like a sort of like a moving target right like guys are yeah you know they sort of figure out oh you know what i'm out of here but georgetown definitely is going to need a grad transfer point guard. I don't think that there's any that there's any doubt about that. um So I was sitting next to a Xavier beat writer, which is normal during 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 the game, and we were sort of just talking about the league. And I did it when when Providence was in town. You know, it's now looking like they're going to get seven teams into the tournament, which is crazy because Georgetown's not one of them. <laughs> but when you but when when you look at like Xavier, right? When you look at Providence, the bar isn't, like you don't have to be that great to make the tournament. Now this, you know, I know that there's not going to be any Xavier fans listening to this and I'm disparaging their team. But when you watch that game and I was making the joke like, hey, this game is on national CBS. You know, I think Xavier had more turnovers than made shots. So like, is that sort of comforting or is it more depressing? Is it comforting in the fact that like, you don't have to be that great to make the in-state tournament? Or is it more like, you don't have to be that great. And now there's going to be a five-year drought. You know what I mean? It's like, which way are you sort of looking at yeah, that?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think it's both. It's comforting in the yeah. sense
0: that you're not that far away, right? And this was supposed yeah.
1: to be the year. I mean, you easily make the argument that if McClung at your seven are out there that Georgetown is, 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 you know, right there on the right side of the bubble and we're not even talking about all this nonsense. Um, but that's also what makes it so depressing is that you yeah. finally get to a point where you have a talented roster and then the talent leaves or is hurt. <laughs> so, it's, yeah. you know, you, you, you take the lumps and maybe you learn, for it. you learn from it for next season. I don't know how you prevent kids from getting hurt. I have oh, – this is not in your outline. And we can talk about this at another time. Um, but I've always been the proponent that I think kids should not play in Kenner League, But so we don't have to go there right now. What the hell will we talk
0: about all summer if there's no Kenner League? XFL. <laughs> I think that's over in April. So this this <laughs> podcast started I think like in the middle of January cuz it was like look, enough is enough. Like come on, we got we got we got to do a podcast. Um but we we need we need we need something. I mean obviously we're not, we're not going to have a podcast every week during the off season, but there are going to be like things like oh, they picked up a new guy or you know, they have a new assistant coach or they scheduled a game with uh, you know, Kansas. There's going to be reasons to talk. But, yeah. I mean, Kenner League is like, look, once you get to Kenner League, you can sort of see the season. Like, you know, like, you know I can see it over those hills over there. Like, they're going to play games. <laughs> look,
1: I, I, I like Kenner League. You're right. It's <laughs> something to talk about. I, I just wonder if, and it's perhaps a, a stretch, but I, <laughs> I don't know if load management on those, uh, on McClung and 7 would have anything to do with them not getting hurt. I, I, I You know, I'm not a doctor.
0: I'm not a doctor either, and this would have been a great but what season. Is, look,
1: what What is the upside of of the
0: kids playing Kenner League?
1: You can argue well, they, that oh, they they, they, they have to play with one another.
0: They ha- they have to play. I mean, they, they, you can't just like not play. What do you mean? You just you fill the rosters with other kids, not Georgetown kids. No, no, but I mean like okay, so like let's say like they don't play in Kenner League, like they're going to be playing yeah. basketball. Like, you know, I don't think that yeah, that I, increases. I, I, I just I just I just feel that the. And again, it's not in your outline,
1: but the up and down nature of of those, of those games and such doesn't really, kids can get hurt. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's basically you're running up and down the court and it just happens to be a ref. Right. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. It's just, it's open gym basketball. So I I don't, I don't think the upside is really there when it used to be where you could have all the freshmen playing the same team and, you know, They learn one another's games and blah, blah. And interestingly enough, it was that Otter Porter Porter season where those guys were on the same team and they kind of grew up together and it was great. Now it's really disjointed. You've got like walk-ons playing with, uh, you know, McClung or whatever. And it's just like, it's just kind of blah. Like everyone loves seeing them play so we can get your first look at all these players and you you see how they improve from the off season. But at the end of the day, I think the risk um, of them getting hurt and, and whatnot just, really outweighs any positive that comes from it
0: okay so i i I will agree with the fact that when they changed it from five like so basically you could have two players and your entire freshman class on the tombs that was pretty awesome right because that was like you were like going to watch georgetown light right like yeah it's great yeah i okay so i will agree with that but you know, I get a chance to go hang out with, with uh, Rich Fotkin, Pretend like nah, I'm not a game. I, I get it. I, I, I get why people want to go. I mean, you have a hot
1: dog. You sit there in a gym. It's, you're watching basketball. You have something to talk about. It's great. You go to the I hospital. Totally hospital if you have the hot dog, <laughs> and you know maybe you document it beforehand. But you know, <laughs> you just, I, I just wonder what, what if the risk of it all. And frankly, and we've been lucky, I guess this this past. Kenner League and maybe we didn't. Maybe someone was in a boot. I don't know. It always seems like someone's in a boot at some point. And again, we can talk about this over the summer. Um <laughs> but uh, you know, unfortunately we have to live in the reality
0: of that we probably have 3 games left in our season. Um that's the most likely scenario at this point. Um and getting back to er and, you know, keeping with that, it's really you know, you get caught up in the moment, and the season's turned into you know it's gone a lot of different ways, to where it's like, oh, you know, the guys are trying so hard, and like, you want them to win because clearly, like, they just a there's it's a mismatch, right? But then when you then when you go back and you look, and I tweeted last night, it's like, wow, so the third time in four years they're playing in the eight nine game, you know, all against St. John's, they've lost the first two. It's like they've become oh, it's the 8-9 game, Georgetown-St. John's. Like, that's not what this league wants. Like, I'm 100% positive of that. I mean, just look at who Georgetown's playing again this week, right, in their season finale. Who is it? Villanova? Like, the league wants that game to matter. Like, the league does not want Georgetown-St. John's to be highlighting the Wednesday night doubleheader, which, by the way, next year, it's going to be a triple header, I assume, because you're going to have 11 teams, so you're going to have to have um, the top five will get a bye – and then you're gonna to have to have three games on Wednesday. That's what I assume they're gonna do. Um, well, you, you could argue like... that
1: the you you could argue that the league absolutely needs Georgetown to play St. John's on Wednesday <laughs> to anchor that because otherwise nobody else would be watching. But yeah, I agree. And I think when the, the Big East was was the new Big East was formed, I recall, you know, Georgetown and St. John's had some sort of simulated game with fake players or something. Basically like Fox sports was using Georgetown and St. John's as the two pillars of the league. Um, So to see your, the stat that you tweeted that this is the third time and whatever, whatever your, whatever the stat is that seven teams are going to make the the tournament and Georgetown and St. John's aren't in that number. um, Again, that's another, (laughs) it's very depressing.
0: I guess I I guess I, I've just been so caught up in, you know, just the way like how are they gonna win with this group and it's not that they've been in, you know, outside of the Marquette game, they've been, you know, very competitive and they've been in a lot of these games, but then when you look and you're like, wow, like they were, you know, they were five and eight or they were five and seven. Now they're five and eleven, now they're they've they've locked themselves into the eight nine game again. It's just like, man, it's just wow. It just it just I don't know, like I don't know why it snuck up on me, but it's like, damn.
1: Yeah, but it's not I guess all seasons aren't created equally,
0: right? Oh, of so course. this is,
1: and so let's say we finished five and thirteen in the Big East, which I believe is what our record was last year. So you know you can you can look at that from a macro view and well, say, it was oh, well, two years ago, improved. last year they were they were nine and nine. Yeah, two years ago, rather. Yeah, and yeah. you can look at that from a, a, a macro view and be like, oh, well now they're they're back to where they were in year one of viewing, and but this 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 is just a different season. Uh, you just you you can't you I, I think we would have been closer to that the 500 record or, or way better uh in the league you know should all this nonsense not have happened and uh, you know it's tough to use this season as a sort of a referendum on the Ewing era as a whole so far
0: yeah no it's, it's just sort of you know it's just like wow like you shuffle the deck and they just sort of like it's like you threw everything against the wall and like the two things stuck in the in the same place and um and that that is, like I said, like watching Xavier play, like they're really, they're really not that good. And yeah. you're like, look, okay, let's just say LeBlanc and Akinja, like that was always gonna happen. They were always gonna leave. They were disgruntled, whatever, whatever. Like Georgetown could have handled that. And then even mm-hmm. when when Gardner and Alexander leave, they probably could have handled that too. But you can't have four guys transfer and then two of your other stars get hurt like i mean this is just this is unbelievable it's hard i don't even know what to say i mean i was so xavier actually brought their media guides which all teams don't do that anymore so their media guide just has a big x on it okay now bear with me there's a point to this okay Mm -hmm. georgetown's media guide i call it the media guide test they have three players on the on their media guide cover can you guess who they are I'm going to well tell me, have they updated it all season? No, 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 no. This is no you, this is like a you put out a media guide and that's who you are. Right. So it's, so they
1: probably have so they probably have guys who are no longer on the team. Well it's probably no, seven so McClung and Akinja.
0: Yeah. So like literally Xavier beat Georgetown without their media guide. Like you know, Akinja right. obviously gone for months. You're yep. seven and McClung are hurt and you got Tyree right. Jones out there, you know, flexing like he's, you know, Superman. And it's like, hey, you know yep. what? <laughs> Give me a freaking break, man.
1: <laughs> yeah. And unlike some of the the Providence fans on Twitter, who, you know, you, you recall what Providence did after they beat us. They, they oh, did yeah. some sort of group <laughs> dance in our locker room. And, and you know, to, look, to Providence's credit, they're now on the right side of the bubble and, and they're well on their way to losing their first round again. Um, mm-hmm. But Xavier's <laughs> fans, at, at least, you know, they were somewhat more respectful. They realized that. Um, despite Georgetown being undermanned, they gave Xavier a good run. And I don't think they really think their team is is all that good either.
0: No, and they seem to be comfortably in the tournament somehow. Um, So I think think we're we're probably, unless you have anything to add, I think that we might be comfortably done. We can close out here. I think we're good. We will uh, revisit after the, uh, the shocking win at Creighton. We can, we can revisit after the shocking win at Creighton and um, before Jagan Mosley's final home game. Um, again, everyone's done a great job listening. Kente Corner, a casual Hoya podcast, is on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple. iHeartRadio is the latest. You can find us there. So basically, we're taking over the world. Um, Andrew Geiger is at casual Hoya, and I am at Bobby Bancroft. Until next time. Hoi Saxa later. <laughs> See ya. Ooh.